This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. And the World Cup starts Sunday, and I need to get my rest. Ryan O'Hanlon from ESPN.com, author of Net Gains, Inside the Beautiful Games, Analytics Revolution. He has joined us before. So I'm going to ask you an analytics question, Mr. O'Hanlon. I appreciate your time. Um, did the makeup of Greg Berhalter's roster, Tim Ream in, uh, you know, Haji Wright over uh, you know, Pepe, uh, Zach Steffen out, did it make sense from an analytical standpoint, or do we even know the answer to that? <laughs> I appreciate you having me on. You're the, uh, I wanted to congratulate you on being the first person that interviewed me twice since my book came out. <laughs> so that's quite I, I, the achievement. I must you. win something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I think generally with these rosters, right, like the fretting over the 26th, 23rd man, um, it's fun to do, but it's going to probably have almost no effect right. on the outcome of the team's performance. Those players barely end up playing. But I think the one thing to point out is that um, so Zach Steffen has always had pretty bad, at all levels he's played at, below average shot-stopping numbers, which mm-hmm. are, you know, you can figure out using analytics, using expected goals. You can determine the difficulty of the shot and figure out how often the average keeper would save the shots that this keeper faced. And he would always be below that. Matt Turner is the best keeper in MLS history um, based right. on that metric. And, you know, he's barely played for Arsenal, but he's done quite well when he's played. And it seemed like Stefan might still be the starter after the most recent friendlies with the way Berhalter was talking about him. And that would have been a very seemingly unanalytical choice. And then all of a sudden, Stefan wasn't even on the roster. So that makes it very clear, I think, that Matt Stefan or Matt, Matt Stevin, Matt Turner <laughs> is going to be the starter. So I think like from that point, it actually, you know, checked off uh, one question mark. I think I had about the team going forward. I actually, I saw your, uh, you retweeted a stat about, or not a stat, I guess it was a chart that said that uh, Allison, Allison Becker for, who plays for Liverpool, but is uh, Brazil's first choice keeper, that he is yeah. the best in the world at stopping shots, but he's also gotten a lot better in distribution. He's, he's got a few assists this year. Mostly uh, his long balls have been uh, tremendous. What do you make of yeah. the United States uh, roster and the the level of importance on this game one on Monday at 2 o'clock against Wales? Yeah, so the, the thing with the World Cup is like the first game, like the schedule of the games actually matters a lot, right? Because you can get to the third game and the team you're playing can suddenly have no incentives, right? Mm-hmm. Like they could be eliminated. They could be, they could have clinched qualification. You could both, there's been many games in world cups where both teams needed a draw and then both teams just magically ended up with a draw, <laughs> you know? So, so I think the first game matters in that perspective in terms of the roster. I mean, I think, you know, it's the U S is still a relatively young soccer playing nation. Yeah. Um, and there's a ton of players playing on big teams now, but then the backups to those players are players that are playing, you know, in MLS still. So it's still, it's not like England where you can, you know, replace one superstar with another with an injury. And so one of the fears with the U S I think was that, you know, a couple of these stars get injured, they don't play at the world cup. And then you have, you know, a much worse player playing. And so all of the U S's stars are actually healthy, which is like a huge boon mm-hmm. I think for the team. 
and definitely raises their ceiling. The one issue is that these kind of star players that we call them, Serginho Dest, who plays for Barcelona, Tyler Adams plays for Leeds, Wes McKinney at Juventus, Christian Pulisic at Chelsea, and Gio Reyna at Dortmund. These guys have never played a full competitive 90-minute match together, ever. Ever. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that one, you could look at it as if, okay, this is good. The team will probably – they should be better than we've seen them play, right, because they're going to have all their best players. But then it's also – well, in soccer, you do need some kind of cohesion, right? You need to kind of understand various tendencies of your teammates. And if these guys have never played together, what does that mean? So I think in a lot of ways, there's a lot of kind of a lot of question marks heading into the the first game, I think, in, in interesting ways, potentially. Ryan O'Hanlon from ESPN is joining us. Also, the author of Net Gains Inside the Beautiful Games Analytics Revolution. All the players you mentioned, if I'm not mistaken, combined have fewer goals than Ivan Tony, who plays for Brentford, who didn't even make England's squad, <laughs> and they take 26. Yeah. That was probably because he wasn't going to play because I guess he plays the same position as Harry Kane, and Kane's never coming off the field. So uh, yeah. there's probably reasons for that. But So it leads me to who's going to score the goals, Ryan? <sighs> That's a very good question. Because they That's keep also- score, right? Yeah, they do. Okay. But, you know, I guess you can draw your way to winning the World Cup, <laughs> but you, you have to win a game in the group stages at least. It's very hard to advance with three draws in the group stages, <laughs> but you could theoretically draw 0-0 zero, zero, in four rounds in a row and win in PKs. So, you know, that that could happen. Um, I think I think for them to do well, they're going to have to score a couple goals on set pieces. Um which is true for everyone, but I think it's especially true for the U.S., um, given that they don't really have a, a reliable striker on the team. No. Um, or at least someone who hasn't shown himself to be reliable. Um, but then I think it's, it's you know, it's going to be, I think Weston McKinney is going to have to score from midfield, and he's, you know, he that's kind of what he does. He makes runs from deep. Mm-hmm. His defense has a hard time following. And I think Pulisic and Reyna um, and Aronson and possibly Tim Weah, I think, are going to, you know, I, I don't think there's if, – if I had to kind of sketch out, if the U.S. has a good tournament, I think their distribution of goals will be, like, you know, evenly distri- distributed <laughs> distributed between a couple of the midfielders, maybe one of the center backs gets a goal here and there, and then the attack – the kind of – you know, all these wingery types that they have, each, each guy will have, like, one or two. That's kind of how I would – if it goes well for the U.S., I would imagine right. that's how – I don't think we're going to have, like – you know, Jesus Ferreira is going to score five goals or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I think you, I think great, it would be great uh, if that happens. Then the uh, then the United States is probably playing uh, well into yeah. December. <laughs> we are joined by Ryan o- Ryan O'Hanlon from ESPN. You just wrote uh, the you predicted every World Cup game. You actually did a write up. For every World Cup game, unfortunately for 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 us, for you, I guess, um, no Sadio Mane from from Senegal, uh, who yeah. is a player who I absolutely grew to love last year. And now he's playing for Bayern Munich, so I don't I don't get a chance to watch him as much because I'm a Liverpool guy. Um, but he's not going to be there. He's they they tr- they strung it along, uh, and then finally said, "Yeah, no, he's not going to play." And yeah. so how did, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it changes your view of what Senegal is uh, capable of, although they're still a good team. They have good keep goalkeeping and Edward Mendy. Um, what do you think about them? 
Yeah, yeah. I think they, you know, that's, they suffered from like a greater version of what I was saying the U.S. could have suffered from. Like Sadio Mane is one of the, you know, we had to do at ESPN, we ranked all of the players, yeah. our top 50 players at the World Cup. And I had, I don't know, I think I had Mane. I don't have the list in front of me. I don't remember what I did um, because I've since predicted every World Cup game and I've <laughs> taken up all the space in my brain. Uh, I had Mane in the top seven, let's say, yeah. you know, seven players in the world. And now he'll be replaced by, I'm not sure whose exact replacement will be, but it'll be someone who's probably in a sort of mid-tier European team. So it's a, just a massive, right. you know, Senegal has this one elite world-class goal scorer, which is the most important position at the World Cup, and now he's not there. So I think Senegal goes from, I think they were all real, they had a legit shot at winning their group, which if the U.S. And the U.S. matches up with Senegal and the Netherlands group, so the U.S. could have ended up playing them. And then I think they would have had potential some danger to, you know, knock out one of the favorites. I don't think they would have won, but they could have made a run. Now I kind of look at it as if, um, like, the Netherlands are heavy favorites to win the group, which would mean the U.S., you know, if they come in second, that's who they would play. And then I would say Senegal, probably Senegal and Ecuador, I would say, are like 50-50 at this point um, in terms of second place and I guess we can give Cutter like you know one percent. I don't know. <laughs> don't host countries generally uh, generally do well? It's it's true. It's true. Host countries it's generally like, do do well. Uh, they do. This is the worst uh, host country that's ever. Um, well, you probably well. could have just stopped right there. This is the worst host yeah. country. Um, yeah. Ryan O'Hanlon from ESPN is joining us. Uh, Portugal was all over that list of players in the top 50. It almost seemed like this was the top 50 players from Portugal at one point. Um, <laughs> but you you don't have them going far. Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Financial advice industry can be overwhelming for a lot of people. Is there a way to be sure you're getting the best service when you don't know? Yeah, Adam, it's not just if you gave the money to a planning team and they did good the first year. I mean, anyone can do good for one year, but it's a track record and it's a long-term accounts that are very important. We call that a financial fill-up strategy, Adam, and that gives you lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll put together for you, the listener, your very own total retirement plan if you call right now. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. So is that is that uh, bad chemistry? Is is that who you know? Is that uh, bad uh, bad head coaching? What what is the problem there? Is Ronaldo yeah. the a spoiler? Well, so you know, I, as someone who wrote a book about analytics, I guess I am more um, skeptical of you know quote unquote vibes based analysis right. than <laughs> the average person. But for people who don't know, Cristiano Ronaldo essentially just went scorched earth yeah. on Manchester United in an interview with Pierce Morgan. Um, Less said about that, the better, I guess. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, it was very much old man yells at cloud kind of situation. Um, and what, what's happened with Cristiano Ronaldo, he's 37. He's just a very immobile player that doesn't contribute to the game beyond scoring, and he doesn't score as much as he does anymore. And Manchester United are clearly better without him. Um, and he gave this interview just ripping the club to shreds. Meanwhile, you know, Portugal, one of their most important players, Bruno Fernandes, plays for Manchester United, one of their right backs. Diogo Dallo also plays for Manchester United. Um, and it's just created a kind of like all the questions that Portugal in Portugal media availability now are just about Ronaldo, right? Right. Um, so you have that. And then you have the fact that Ronaldo's just not as good as he used to be. He's just not. Um, and they're still, you still built, you have, you're going to play him 90 minutes of every game 
you know, as evidenced by what happens when you don't. Um, and I think that really lowers their ceiling. And then they also, their coach, Fernando Santos, has been a very conservative to a fault, I think, with the players he's played on Portugal. I think, you know, um, people get upset when the U.S. doesn't play like all of their European-based players or whatever. Well, Portugal, the number of stars that Portugal will have on the bench, I think, can kind of put into perspective um, for U.S. Yeah. and how, you know, much, how worse it could be in terms of the conservative decision-making of the coach. Yeah, the Portugal's loaded, and they've got uh, some injuries, too. I know uh, yeah. Jota from Liverpool is not going to play, and he's uh, he's yeah. a dynamite goal scorer. Uh, it's going to really suck for Portugal when Korea goes uh, goes forward, and uh, so does Uruguay, and Portugal doesn't. Uh, that is my <laughs> own little uh, sneaky prediction. I like that. Uh, yeah, it w- it w- plus it would be fun. I, I mean, Uruguay, is uh, it's fun to say, I think as much as anything else. Um, I'm not going to give away who your winner is because I want people to go uh, read the piece of picking every single World Cup game, but I will give this spoiler. You have the United States advancing to the knockout stage, and that would be a very cool thing for all of us here, including you. Ryan O'Hanlon, I appreciate your time. Uh, Good luck with the book. We'll bother you again if that's okay. We'll love it. Anytime. You got it. Ryan O'Hanlon from ESPN. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.